Welcome to the new podcast, Truth in Politics, with New York State Assemblyman David DiPietro. David is the number one rated top conservative, according to the American Conservative Union. You want the truth about New York and national politics? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Everybody, welcome back to Truth in Politics. This is Dave DiPietro, your truth detector, state of New York assemblyman, and you're listening to the Big WEC Local Podcast Network. So thank you for doing that. Please share these podcasts because a lot of other people want to hear the truth also. Big week in Albany, big week in New York State, big week in the country. Let's start out with so much today, but let's start out with a late budget in New York State. We're going on two weeks past deadline, and this is three Democrats in a room, folks. There are no Republicans. They have super majority. They control all branches with huge majorities, super majorities, so that Republicans have no say. Republicans sit on their hands every day and just wait for them to give us some news Three Democrats in a room. They've had a year since the last budget, and they're late. What a dysfunction. Albany, the corruption drips off the walls. You'll hear me say it all the time. Come up there and watch it. You can't even get the gist of it when you're watching it on TV or or podcasting or whatever you call it, where they actually bring it up on the screen. You've got to be there. When you're in session and you watch what actually happens People go nuts with the corruption. It right in front of your face. They don't try to hide it anymore either. And they don't try to hide their socialism. They don't try to hide their communism. It's out in the open now. Years ago, of course, you would not admit to it. Now they do. They actually openly admit what they want, how they want big government to take over every aspect of your life. With this budget being late and with them not being able to come to terms. It's just amazing. But never forget, of all the elected officials, we don't get paid until that budget's passed. Except, except for Kathy Hochul. There's a stipulation in there the governor always gets paid. So she's not losing a paycheck over this, folks. We are, other entities in the state might be losing a little bit, but we did pass those extenders the Democrats did so that they could just uh, at least pay some bills. But it's, it's a crazy thing watching this process play out. You've got two big issues, bail reform. I can't believe that Governor Hochul, she's trying to get the smallest piece of bail reform, giving judges just a little bit more discrepancy than telling people who are in front of the court for attempted murder, for other issues, for for other felonies, and she has to let them off, and and the judge will let them off with the bail reform, and she's trying to give judges a little bit more discrepancy, and the Democrats are adamantly opposed. They want more. So listen to this, folks. They want more bail reform. They don't believe anyone is guilty. They stab your mother in New York City on the sidewalk. It's not their fault. It's the way society is. Society made them that way. 
They were raised that way. They were born that way. Whatever excuse, it's not their fault. The victim is the guilty person because you were either white or racist or old or stepped in their way when you shouldn't have or maybe you were bending over to tie your shoe the wrong way. It's not their fault. And you think I'm joking and I'm not. They want more bail reform. That's why they did raise the age. Now you can't, now you have to be 18 or 19, and they're letting 18 and 19 year olds who commit heinous crimes, they're letting them walk. I remember when bail reform first started, there were two people, one from New York City and a person from Columbia, and they brought in over 40 pounds of fentanyl into New York City, and they got caught. 40 pounds, folks where one little kernel or whatever, I don't even know what it's called, can kill you, they had 40 pounds of it. And guess what? With bail reform, they were let out. They were let out. Now, do you think that person from Columbia was ever coming back for a court appearance? He never did, folks. No, he didn't. See you later. It was So it's a joke, and this happens all the time. Uh, the, the people that are let over 40 or 50 percent now, half the people that are let out on bail reform do not show up for their next appearance. They're like, I, yeah, you think I'm going to jail? Thanks for letting me out. Thanks for not keeping me in jail. I'll see you later. I'm going to another state. Come find me. And New York State is overwhelmed with trying to find these people because you can't. And they don't give them any money to find them. They've cut the police funding, as you know. They cut a billion dollars, over 20% off the New York City budget, so that the police commissioner a couple years ago, when they cut his budget, and all, all of a sudden all these murders and stabbings spiked in the subway. So the commuters, people going to work. We're fearing for their lives. People, there was great gangs doing slashing. That is where gangs would go through car to car, running from car to car with knives or whatever, and they just slash as they're running, they'll slash you. So if you're looking at them, they're going to slash your face, your arm, whatever, and they're just going to keep running. And the people got mad, and over a million people protested and came down and had a big protest in the city. And to the police commissioners, I give him credit. He stood up in front of those people and said, you know what? You cut my funding a billion dollars. I don't have the resources to go down into the subways anymore and protect you. Protect yourselves. I stood up and applauded. I was like, that is the greatest thing. Protect yourselves. You want to cut my funding? You want to take police officers out of the subway? Well, here's what you get. You get gangs running wild and people scared for their lives and their kids. God bless them. Told the truth. Protect yourselves, folks. Okay, don't rely on the government to always take care of you. Didn't go over well, but at least the man told the truth. And this is what we've got with bail reform. Other thing holding up the uh, the budget is the housing issue, which I, I, I don't want to get too much into it. Basically, they say there's not enough affordable housing in New York. Well, of course there's not, okay, because rent control never works, okay? Rent control never works. People leave, investors dry up, and a latest report I saw the other day, over 50% of investment in New York City is gone. It's down 50% from last year at this time. 
And remember, last year at this time, we were still just coming out of COVID. So you wouldn't expect any investment. But it's actually down 50% from that. Because these landlords and people who want to invest are saying, no way, we can't deal with communism. These people want, they roam the halls every day in Albany. They're mean, they're violent. They want no rent. They want all these rights for renters, but basically it comes down to that they don't have to pay rent. That they're given an option that they don't have to pay forever. And a landlord can't kick them out. What do you mean? That's my building. I still have to pay the taxes. I still have to try to do the upkeep, but I don't have any income coming in because you've taken it away from me. So these people are all leaving New York City, and God bless them for doing it. I I remember years ago, an assemblywoman, very rich, her husband was a multi-multi-millionaire, and she said, we're leaving. When she got out of the assembly, she didn't want to deal with this anymore, and I don't blame her, but she said her husband had some property, sold them out of New York, and they went to Florida. She said, we're not investing in New York City anymore. She said, you'd be crazy to. The return is awful, and with rent control and everything else, and she was right. The rotten apple just keeps getting more rotten. So I've got a couple things on the agenda. I want to bring in a guest. Her name's Heather Wheeler. She does a great job with this project down in Wyoming County uh, with veterans with first responders, with our police and fire. So I'm going to bring her on. Hi, Heather. How are you doing today? Good, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, We're doing fantastic here. And I want you to explain what you do to our audience, what this, this great initiative you've put together it goes under the radar, and I want you to give it a good plug because I, I really support it, and I want others to also. Well, first, we thank you for having us and supporting our event. Mm-hmm. So give you a little bit about it. Our event is the Wyoming County We've Got Your Six. It's a first responders ride and rally. We do it to show our support to the men and women who wear a uniform, anybody from the police, the fire, paramedics correction officers, doctors, nurses, military. And so we put on this event to show our support to them. It's a free event for anybody to come and participate in. And the way we raise money is through our basket raffles, our 50-50, and our online T-shirt sales. And those proceeds go to the Shop of the Cop program of Wyoming County, which takes the underprivileged kids of Wyoming County Christmas shopping. And last year we were able to take just over 200 kids Christmas shopping. That's fantastic. So this is motorcycle ride, correct? Or is it other vehicles? No, it's other vehicles. We have bikes, cars, classic cars, trucks, big rigs, tow trucks. Um, We've had tractor trailers. So it is anybody that wants to come. What's the date? It is June 25th, and we are leaving. The location is the Wyoming Hook and Ladder. It is at 26 Maple Street in Wyoming, New York, and we can we can um, we'll start parking people around 9 a.m. We'll do the national anthem and announcements around 11, and then the ride will start at 11:15. It'll be an escorted ride through Wyoming County. The route will be posted on the Facebook event, and like every intersection will be blocked, so we don't have to stop at any lights. And it's a nice parade. 
a lot of times people will come out and have their flags and, and wave to us as we go through the towns and stuff. It's a really good event. That's awesome. So when you say Wyoming, I just want everyone to realize it's the town of Wyoming in Wyoming County. So it's there's actually yes. A, yes. Yes, just outside of Warsaw. Yeah, formerly right there is Gaslight Village, it used to be called, and it's a, a great historical little town. I love it. Used to go there years ago. I still go there now, but it used to be a really, really beautiful village. So you also raise money. So a lot of this money goes, and the police actually take these kids and take them shopping, correct? These underprivileged kids? Yes. Yep. Every dollar that we collect goes to the Shop with the Cop program, which all of the different police organizations, the sheriffs, the state troopers, and then all of the local towns, um, you know, Perry Police, Warsaw Police, all the little local towns, they all come. Everybody meets at the Warsaw Walmart, and each kid gets their own officer that they get to go around Walmart and pick out their gifts with. It's really a great time. A lot of times we end up giving a little bit more money because most of these kids pick out socks and underwear instead of clothes or, or clothes and stuff like that instead of getting toys. Um, they're they're really in need kids. So a lot of times we'll try to end up giving them a little bit extra so that they can get a toy of some sort for themselves besides just the essentials. That's that's unbelievable. That's amazing. I, I, when I heard that program, I fell in love with it. You do an amazing job. Is there a is there a website or someplace people can go so they can check it out? Because I know a lot of our listeners will would like to support it and want to want to check this out. It's a great thing. Yep, if they go onto the Facebook, um, Facebook has our event and it's listed as the fourth annual Wyoming County. We've got your sixth first responders ride. Um, Stands Angels also has our event listed and the cyberfolks.com has it on their page as well and we'll be um, putting it up on infor- we'll be putting it up on my oh, page ahead. also wonderful um so all of the event information will be on that uh the facebook page is pretty much how we kind of keep our communication the t-shirt sales are already listed on there there is also um, one of those scan codes for a Venmo thing. If you can't make the ride, but you'd still like to donate, you can go on there and do a direct donation. Um, breakfast and lunch will be provided by the fire station, and those proceeds from that, the fire station does keep. So That's... if anybody wants to come out for that, if people want to come out and they don't want to be in the parade, they're welcome to come out and just hang out at the fire station and check out the bikes and cars and just be part of the event and, and hopefully participate in the basket raffle or the 50-50. Thanks, Heather. Thanks for sharing that. And I hope everyone has an opportunity and they go to that and they support you. I'll be there and uh, want to really appreciate all you do. This is a great event and want to thank you. Thanks, Heather, for coming on and sharing that. We'll get that out on our pages and uh, we'll see you on June 25th. Thank you. We appreciate it. If anybody would like to donate a basket or a gift card for us to raffle off, please get in touch with us through the Facebook page. You got it. Thanks, Heather. God bless you. Thanks, Dave. Have a great day. Thanks for your support. Of course. Take care. Well, that was fantastic, folks. Heather is a great lady. She runs this by herself. This is not a corporate-sponsored event. This is just someone who wants to help our first responders, our police our fire, and she's she does this on her own, so let's please help her out. And 
So I've got to be bringing on Stefan Mihailu shortly, a good friend of mine. A lot of stuff going on. A big news event. I don't know if you heard. Just in the Buffalo News today. Huge article. So I am going to bring him on in a second. But before we get to that breaking news, a couple more other things I want to go through real quick that you might not be aware of. Next week, here, middle of April, they're going to ban, we were told when we go back to Albany, they're going to ban officially the Native American mascots at all schools. And now this has gotten huge pushback from some schools, even locally, uh, Iroquois, because they're the Iroquois Central School District. So they're trying to get answers from the state, and they're not getting any. Do they have to change the exact name of the school that's been there for literally 100 years from Iroquois? That's the Iroquois Central School District. Their mascot name is the Chiefs. As far as I know, you've got a chief technician, a chief engineer. Uh, Chief can be a lot of things. It doesn't have an Indian connotation. Okay, a chief can be anything. So they're fighting this as they should. This is horrible, okay? Because here's the actual point, folks. Most Native Americans, especially for Iroquois School District, I know for a fact, support it. They're not outraged that they're called the chiefs. Okay, they don't even think about it. It's not on their list. This is a woke leftist agenda. Again, taking uh, Indian off of a butter, Land O'Lakes butter, right? Taking a person off of syrup. That's all this is. It's a woke agenda by a bunch of misguided miscreants who have no clue what the world actually is. And they're just trying to push this agenda on us, this socialist, communist agenda, and we're sick of it. And we're not, and we're fighting it. And Iroquois, I can tell you, there's one school district, there's a couple other in western New York that are fighting this also. They've had enough. Okay, we don't, we're not going to change the whole school district name uh, from Iroquois. That's what it's been forever. It has nothing to do uh, with, it didn't get named because of Indians. It's, that's been the name of it. This whole thing has got to go away. These people, folks, you have to stand up and get in their face and tell them enough is enough. If you sit at home and do nothing, this is what happens when good people do nothing. They run right over you and they keep going. They'll never stop. The only time they're going to stop is when you get in their face and tell them. So please, get active. Another one, reenactors. I brought this up before. Reenactors are... are, are freaking out because we're at the end of April where they're going and they're, the weather's breaking. They're out practicing for their reenactments and they cannot even use their rifles, their muskets. Did you know that? Because under that new stupid gun law, reenactors are felons. So they're trying to get a simple change to the gun law so that they can do reenactments around this state, civil war, whatever. And the Democrats are holding them up and saying no. For what reason? No one's going around. I have not seen a headline where someone got shot with a musket. Democrats are crazy. This, this, this is a no-brainer. This is, that, it's one sentence they need to put in there. One sentence to put in that bill that just says, does not affect reenactors, are exempt. That's it. Do it. Why are we almost a year down the road and they haven't made that change? Why are reenactors still felons in New York State? These people are crazy.
Have you heard about the rest stop projects in, around the thruway? All those new rest stops going up. I do. I see them every week because I travel back and forth to Albany. I go across the entire state. These things are a joke, folks. Yeah, they're new. Some of them, they're nice. But they're getting hammered. And the great thing is, remember, Cuomo got huge money off of this. This didn't just come out of the blue. These were contractors who were very favorable to Andrew Cuomo. So, yeah, we've got to change all the rest stops. And now the contractors, Cuomo's not in office anymore. And now they're saying because of COVID and supply shortages that they need another $200 million. (laughs) This is out of control, folks. These people, it's out of control. This is all about power and money and who's getting their hands washed. Do not go any further than that. This is all about political patronage, pork, and who's getting what. So as the world turns with that one, I'm interested to see where that goes, what the governor's going to do, and and which people are going to be benefiting from that. So with that, I'm bringing on a good friend of mine, Stefan Mahailu. You've known him. He's a a great gentleman who's, who's been in political office. He has his own podcast. And uh, I want to bring him on now. How you doing, Steph? Life is great, Dave. No complaints whatsoever. Living the dream. <laughs> of course you are. So, uh, folks, again, Stefan Mahailu, great friend. Uh, and I want to thank everybody listening to Truth in Politics, because with Stefan, you're going to get Truth in Politics, just like with me. So uh, this is great to have you. Uh, and also, before we go, we welcome everybody listening to the Big Weck Local Podcast Network. Steph, what... I teased our audience about the big headlines today in the Buffalo News, and it's going to go statewide, uh, already is going statewide, but we'll hear probably in tomorrow's really blowing up. Uh, We had an assemblyman, Patrick Burke, here locally in in, uh, the Buffalo area, Democrat, uh, is getting sued by one, possibly three of his staffers that he fired for sexual harassment and other issues uh and you i know you read that um first off just give me a quick take what's your take on that with uh with that what's going to happen you think i may have had a different take than other people that read the story because my first reaction was what is kathy hochel going to do i think that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question when it comes to women being believed and things of that nature is what is the governor going to do about this. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, these are very serious allegations, and they are allegations. We live in a litigious society, but, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, woke radical progressives supposedly believing all women, well, what is Kathy Hochul going to do about this? You know, is the governor going to uh, live by that mantra of believing all women? And uh, we shall see what happens. But, you know, I'm one when I was Erie County Controller, and, you know, I was sued basically every day that ends in Y. And we live in a litigious society, and anyone could put anything to paper and sue anybody for anything. But that being said, you know, all the allegations are very serious. And, I, you know, grab some popcorn, because we'll see how the Assembly Democrats and Assembly leadership and Governor Hochul will react to this. That's the most important question to ask. Right. And he's, he's treading on some uh, very thin water, because if you remember— the seat he holds was held by Dennis Gaberzak, who was also accused 
of sexual harassment charges and others, and some of those lawsuits are still pending years later. So this this could be, uh, you know, if, if, if the Ethics Commission finds any allegations of truth, not saying they will, but if they do, this could drag on and be a big black eye for the Democrat Party, and then they're going to have to make a decision on what to do. And a lot of it, as you know, is going to depend on Pat Burke. Is Pat Burke going to be going to fall on the sword for the Democrat Party, or is he going to say if these things keep going and they say, you know, we've had enough, this could be embarrassing. Uh, you, you know, Pat, you've got to take a seat. You've got to leave. I don't think Pat Burke <clears throat> is going to do that. I don't think Pat's going to just walk away. I think there's going to be, it's going to get ugly, possibly. I mean, he's going to well, walk and, away from $142,000. And and we know his position from, you know, the, the public articles that have been posted that, you know, according to Pat Burke, this is not true. These are disgruntled employees who right. are just basically trying to, you know, expel or expound a you know, pound of flesh out of them that they have an axe to grind. You know, I get that. And, and, and as I said, in my previous life as an Erie County controller, you know, I was faced with numerous frivolous lawsuits. And I'm not saying that's the case here. But everyone has a due process in the United States, and anyone can file a lawsuit about anything. But I think what people should really be focusing on is Kathy Cole and the governor, is what position is she, go- is she in and what is she going to do? Is she going to call for an assembly member to resign, or is she going to focus on process? You know, that's important. And, you know, right now, as you had said, Dave, the wheels of justice in Albany grind very slowly. And there's redistricting at play, too. You know, when it comes to the, and you're, yourself included, Dave. Right, I'm right to next to him. The line of where people are going to run in. I mean, you know, who knows if the Democrats <laughs> basically want to find a different way to skin the cat and say, okay, we're not going to call for Pat Burke to resign, but maybe we'll draw him out of existence when it comes to a new district line. Who knows what's going to happen? But this lawsuit is definitely a massive bombshell that's reverberating not just in Buffalo, but in Albany and all across New York State. Sure it is. And, uh, well, that's what I was going to ask you about, the redistricting, because, as you know, I'm right next to him. I could definitely see Albany just saying, yeah, we're... We're not going to tell him to leave, but we're going to just mix him and DiPietro together and make it tough on both of them. Hey, if Pat wins, we take out the number one conservative in New York State. <laughs> if Pat loses? Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening at all. I mean, number one, Dave, you, know, you for a reason, are a 100% rated conservative by the New York State Conservative Party because of the principles that you stand on. And I would make the argument that if Democrats do lump Pat Burke into your district of David DiPietro, they're putting him on a suicide mission. They know that he's done. And, the, and, and if he does go into your district, then you're going to know that Democrats have a target on his back, and they're going to basically try to force him out, whether it's through an ethics commission investigation, a call to resign, or by making him run in a conservative district against someone you, Dave DiPietro, with a 100% conservative rating. That's trouble for him. And look, there are portions of West Seneca, Cheektowaga, and in that district, while there may be a majority of Democrats, these are conservative Democrats, Kennedy Democrats, pro-life Democrats. And I think that would be a dark day for the future of Pat Burke's politics if they put him in a district with you. Well, I, 
I hope so. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> <laughs> so. So it's not fun. That's awesome. That's why I love you. You always have a good. T- you always have a different take on things, which I love because then I, I then I can weigh all the. It's always the yin and the yang. So let me ask you this. Yeah, I mean, but real quickly, Dave. Let me get to that point though, because you know, and I'm talking crisis communications and politics. You know, when your enemy, your supposed political enemy, is either making a mistake or they're in hot water, shut up and get out of the way. Don't overplay your hand. And I think, and I'm going to speak from a 30,000-foot view here, even though it relates to Pat Burke. It's one of those things where if I'm a Republican or anyone who's thinking against running, running against him, keep your mouth shut. That's don't right. say a word. Let I'm the process play it out, and yep. don't overplay your hand, politically speaking, of course. I mean, these are serious allegations, and... You know, you look at uh, on the flip side of it. There's a national perspective, a national perspective. You look at Donald Trump and Alvin Bragg. I think Democrats grossly overplayed their hand, and now you know they're turning Donald Trump into a martyr. So that's why I say, and I'm, I'm speaking generically here, that when, when your enemy is making mistakes or you're in hot water, be quiet, shut your mouth, get out of the way, let the process play itself out, and let it take care of itself. No, I agree with you 100%. That's great strategy, and I think Republicans will do that locally. Okay, there's no reason to get involved in this whatsoever. This is an all-Democrat event, and let them handle it. What, what I wanted to ask you was, some of these allegations, and remember, folks, these are allegations. This was a huge article in the Buffalo News. But if true, <clears throat> one of these was really disturbing. Okay, the fact that, uh, folks, if you haven't heard... One of the allegations against Pat Burke was that he somehow got pictures or videos of his son having sex with his girlfriend, who's a minor, and Pat Burke, I don't know how he got these, he had, but he was showing them to the office staff and then commenting basically that he would like to be you know, that his, that his son's girlfriend was hot and I won't go any further, but it was just, that is just disturbing to me. And if, if, I mean, that's one of the type of allegations that, you know, that is a tough one to live down if it's true or not. I mean, that could be totally false, but boy, you put an allegation out like that, uh, as his staffer, former staffer, you know, if that better be true, because if it's not, if I'm Pat Burke, I am suing you and taking everything you got. I'm going after you hard. Well, and that's the thing. At the end of the day, let's play this five steps ahead. Let's say there is an inquiry with an ethics commission or something before the floor of the assembly. There's going to be a reckoning or through the judicial and legal process. There's going to be a reckoning where, you know, Pat Burke's going to say, okay, fine. You made this very salacious allegation and wrote it down in a lawsuit, which anyone can do. Where's your proof? And at the end of the day, that's what it's going to boil down to. If this does go to a point where there's going to be, you know, a deposition or appearance before the Assembly Ethics Committee, at some point in time, the individuals responsible for a lawsuit are going to have to put, you know, their money where their mouth is and say, here's the proof. Because if not, all that is the case of one person saying one thing and writing it down on paper and putting it in a lawsuit and someone else denying it. You know, that's pretty weak if that's the case. So these folks who are coming forward with these allegations, all of whom appear to have been fired by Pat Burke, at some point in time they're going to have to put up or shut up. Right. Because 
they're going to be they're going to be presented with the the question of where is your proof? Prove it. Anyone can say it, but you need to prove it. Right. And some of those I read that whole article twice, and some of those allegations uh, were actually you know I'm not defending them, but they were actually frivolous. Like the one where she said that they were at a a function and Pat was looking at some women in a, in a, in a disgusting type manner, in a, in a sexual manner. And it's like, what you, you, you can't discern how someone looks at somebody else and actually then put that on paper as part of a sexual harassment suit. I mean, that just, I, I'm, I'm, that's that again, that was an accusation. It's in the paper, but you don't know what he was looking at. Or you don't know what was going through his mind when he was looking at somebody or something. And that's, so to me, that's just, I, I I don't think the number one. I don't think the paper should have put that in as part of the article. And, and number two, that's going to get thrown out immediately. I can't see that, you know, because you, you thought he was looking at something a different way. That's just to me. That's frivolous, and it's it's it's. There's no basis on how you can the way someone's looking at something. You have no idea what's going through their mind and how they're looking at something. So, Dave, you have wisdom beyond your years because in politics. You know, again, I'll go back to my time as county controller, you know, especially in that respect where I was dealing with facts, whether it was financial facts, political facts, data. You know, when God we trust, all others bring data and the truth. And it's one of those things where how do you prove that? You know, and at some point in time, and that's why I say, again, I'm speaking from a 30,000-foot view here. Republicans, I think, would make a major mistake if they start saying, People have to preside. This is horrible. Well, wait a minute. There's got to be due process. Correct. Focus on the process. That would be my very strong recommendation because there is going to be a process. There's going to be a process in the legal system. There's going to be a process with the Assembly Ethics Committee. There's going to be a process with Governor Hochul and Assembly leadership. Let them deal with it. Let them deal with it. And then make sure you have a, a rational thought process and a reaction then after the process plays itself out, because what Republicans don't want to do is start pointing the finger, starting, you don't know the facts. As much as anyone can read in a paper or read in a lawsuit, no one at the heart of the matter truly knows the facts. And so if I were Republicans, I'd keep my mouth shut. And if you did say anything, just say, let the, you know, there's a process, we're going to trust the process, <laughs> like the Buffalo Bills, and then will comment when, when facts are presented. Because, again, in my position as county controller, you know, if, it's like a lawyer. No good lawyer will ever ask a question in court unless they know the answer to it. So that's why, right now, no one knows the facts. And so it would be a mistake to say, ah, this is fact, let's make a comment about this. So, you know, one of the things we did as controller was ask questions. You know, if we didn't have data, if we didn't have information, of the polling cars administration, we just we simply ask questions. We wouldn't make an assumption. We wouldn't attack. We wouldn't say, "Okay, this is true, so therefore, you know, you're wrong." We'd ask questions, and I think that's what Republicans and everybody, quite frankly, should be doing: asking questions and then letting the judicial process, the ethics process, play itself out and let the chips fall where they may. Oh, I agree, and that's as far like you said before. I agree 100 percent. As far as Republicans are concerned, we don't need to say a word. Okay, this is all going to play out and we're not going to know the facts until you get to to the ethics commission and they start doing hearings and they start investigating and interviewing these folks. We're not going to have a clue. So I 
Republicans sit down, stand down, actually forget about it for a while. Just let let everything play out. Because uh, there's going to be, you know what happens with this, Stefan, being in politics. The rumors are going to fly. All sorts of things are going to be said. And you know and I know that 90% of them are going to be untrue. Okay, so you have to wait until everything comes to the floor and let the people in charge sort this out. The fact is it's going to be, this could take a lot of months. And uh, and that's that brings us into the election season. And that's when it's going to get real interesting in about six months. It's going to really start getting interesting. A hundred percent. And that's why right now, and obviously I, you know, I work for a consulting firm, Big Dog Strategies. I, you know, work with folks at the Financial Guys Media Network on podcasts. I have no skin in, in the game here. I, I haven't advised anyone. I don't know anyone in the process. But, you know, right now, I would tell everyone, if you're asking me for a comment or you're just asking my opinion, I would respond if go knock on the second floor of the governor's mansion, the governor's office in the Capitol. What does Governor Hochul say about this? And, you know, Governor Hochul was very outspoken when allegations are put forth from uh, against Governor Andrew Cuomo. There are a lot of Democrats who demanded that Andrew Cuomo resign over allegations of harassment. How are Democrats going to react? Are they going to react in the same way they did with Andrew Cuomo? And I would ask Governor Hochul and Assembly Democrats the same exact questions that they asked of Andrew Cuomo. Will the same standard be put in forth that they had for Andrew Cuomo? Because at the end of the day, like him or not, there were also allegations made. There was a full-fledged investigation, and Andrew Cuomo wound up resigning. So there is a playbook for Albany Democrats and Governor Hochul when it comes to uh, sexual harassment claims against a Democratic lawmaker. We've been through this game before with Andrew Cuomo. Mm-hmm. Will they hold the current assembly member in question to the same standard? And as far as Republicans are concerned, I would just focus on the message of look, you know, look at how bad New York State is right now. I mean, you survey after survey and, you know, data after data comes out that shows, you know, New York State is going to hell in a handbasket. Taxes are going up. Spending is going up. Crime is in our streets. You know what? We're going to focus on solving the people's problems and let Governor Hochul and Assembly Democrats deal with the mess that is put forth because of this lawsuit. That's what Republicans should focus on is fixing the people's problems. People at home are paying more for eggs, for gas. Their taxes are going through the roof. They can barely afford to live in New York. That's what people care about. And I would say, go, you know, go run to Governor Hochul and Assembly Democrats to talk about this lawsuit. But you know what, folks? We're going to roll up our sleeves. And we're going to get to work on the people's business, especially when this budget is going in. We're going to focus on on the work that improves the lives of New Yorkers. And you know what? If this lawsuit is, is causing a massive public relations nightmare in the middle of the budget process, go talk to the Democrats about that. I'm going to focus on the work of the people. No, you're 100% correct. And uh, uh, with all that... Do you think the Democrats are going to fast track this so it doesn't become a political issue in about six months? Do you think they're going to fast track it or do you think this is going to get they're going to slug it out and it's going to get down and dirty, ugly? What you, what do you, I mean, just, my gut, my gut feeling is that Democrats eat their own. <laughs> they eat their own, especially these, these woke, radical socialists have set, set such a ridiculous bar when it comes to their own woke policy that they've set this standard of even the whiff of an allegation of harassment against someone 
they got to resign, they got to go. But that's a, that's a standard that they themselves have put in with their woke ideology and their radical progressive beliefs. So Democrats are, are, are basically have painted themselves in a box because of their woke ideas and their woke policies and their you know no zero tolerance when it comes to harassment, that we're not going to have due process. We're not going to have investigations. We're not going to let people have their say in court. You know, all women are, are really believed. And you know what? If there's a whiff of an allegation of harassment, of an accusation, that person's got to resign. That's not the standard set by Republicans. That's not the standard set by conservatives. It's the woke, radical, wokeism agenda of the left and the Democratic Party. And they already put the playbook in place. They have set the standard, Andrew Cuomo, when no one is talking about. It's the question that no one is asking. Will Kathy Hochul hold Assemblymember to the same standard she held Andrew Cuomo? Someone should go to Carl Heasey and say the same thing. Are you holding this lawmaker to the same standard as Andrew Cuomo? Because they're known for hypocrisy. They're known for not having principles and core beliefs. So that, that's my gut feeling of what's going to happen. I, I could never predict what, what their political response can be based on core values because, Dave, they don't have any. <laughs> they don't have any. Amen. <laughs> that's, that's so true. So, yeah, there's no so plumb we'll, line we'll there. See. No, but we'll see if you know these woke ideologues will conduct themselves and hold the current legislator in the same manner as they did Andrew Cuomo. That's what people should be talking about. That's the important questions that no one's really focusing on. Any anyone with half a brain can, can say and read a story and read a loss and say, "Wow, that's pretty bad." Good gravy. Is that person going to resign? Let's really peel back the onion and think here. Okay, there was a standard put in place when Andrew Cuomo was basically forced out of office, and he willingly resigned. Right. Is that same standard going to apply now? Will Kathy Hochul ask this legislator to resign? Will the Speaker of the Assembly ask? You know, the ball needs to be in the Democrats' court, and that should be the focus of these allegations right now. Yeah, but he's not going to, Steph, he's not going to resign until this all goes in front of the board and the ethics and uh, and they do a f- complete investigation because he's been adamant that he didn't do any of it or or it was in jest. Uh, like sort of like Cuomo said, you know, I'm a funny guy. I like to joke around. Uh, but I think that, that you're going to find out what I tell people, what I'm going to tell people is say, look, I have an opinion. I don't know the story. I'm not going to know the full story until everything is done and comes out and we can read a report. I said, so any questions, direct them to Democrats. Call your local Democrat assembly people or senators or the governor's office because they're, it's their member. They're in control of the entire state. Uh, so don't, don't look to me for answers on this because that's not my purview. I'm going to sit there and direct them right up the chain. Here, you want to really, if you're really interested, here's make a few phone calls to the Democrats because they're the ones in charge. You know, it's it's funny. The other thought I had this morning was, man, I'm glad I'm out of local politics. I'm glad I'm out of New York State politics. (laughs) You know, because anybody can say anything about anybody and file lawsuits. And again, I'm not saying that's the case here, but I thought, good gravy. I'm loving my life. I'm helping conservatives and elect and uh, Republicans get elected all over the country. You know, I travel quite a bit and, you know, I'm in red states, blue states, mostly red states, you know, helping national Republicans get elected to office. And I am so glad I'm not an office holder in the People's Republic of New York. God bless you, Dave. Good gravy. <laughs> Steph, God bless you. We love you. 
uh, you know, you're an icon here in Western New York and, uh, you know, good friend. I love talking to you. I love your perspective. I told you that before. You always have a little yin to the yang. You give a little different perspective. And uh, I think that's what makes it great. Okay. That we can, uh, that we sit there and, and people can hear a couple different, different views on things and then make their own decision. That's what we do as Republicans. Let people make their own decision. We're not like Democrats who, who tell you what your decision will be. Amen to that. Okay, so thanks, Steph. Thanks for coming on. We'll have you on again. Do you want to plug your podcast? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a communications and Republican consultant with the firm Big Dog Strategies, and uh, host numerous podcasts and fill in for great guys, uh, the Financial Guys Media Network. Glenn, uh, Glenn uh, Wiggle, Mike Lomas, Mike Sparaza, Mike Hayflick, just good guys. And uh, check us out there on that platform as well. Okay, thanks for coming on, Steph. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. All right, you too, brother. Thanks. That was Stefan Mahailu, folks, former Erie County Comptroller. Always great to have him on and get his his perspective. Thanks for listening to Truth in Politics with me, David DiPietro. Always a pleasure having you here. Remember, we read the end of the book, the back of the book. We win, folks. Okay, God is still in control. Jesus is in control. God's on the throne. Always remember that. Always look up. And remember, do the right thing. Make sure to be born again, and we love you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Truth in Politics with Dave DiPietro. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the new podcast, Truth in Politics, with New York State Assemblyman David DiPietro. We welcome you to download and listen to the new podcast every week online at truthinpolitics.social and on numerous podcast platforms, including Apple, Amazon, and Spotify. Connect with David on social media and at truthinpolitics.social. The Truth in Politics podcast is done in partnership with Radio One Buffalo, LLC.